Yeah, so it's been another very long layover <laughs> for yeah. episodes. But we, we have, you know, a written excuse each of us do. Y- y- yes. Yeah. Yeah. So Korean just changed jobs, changed states of residence. That took uh, a bit of time there. And then after he finally got settled in and we could have recorded, I proceeded to get a bad sinus infection and could barely talk for several days. So that delayed us again. And I'm still not totally 100%, but I'm good enough and I can edit out coughs. So we're going to roll with it. What a trooper. I, yep. Although the, I was thinking that we could even have an additional uh, kind of excuse for this, having the, the long layover, which is we just call this the first episode of season two. <laughs> 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 Problem solved. That's that's the explanation yeah. for why it's for why it's been so long. Oh, this is just our this beginning of our second season. Yeah. Although I shouldn't even promise that because we're not going to have an episode in two weeks because you're about to go on a long vacation. <laughs> so. Yeah. All right. The, the the day we get back, the day I get back, uh, we'll, we'll we'll squeeze one in. I don't know. Some, you'll, uh, you'll probably be pretty tired and adjusting to uh, time time things. I would guess. So yeah, I think we'll... I, I've, I've I've got a system down that that helps get adjusted to the time zone that you're in. It's really not anything sophisticated. It, it kind of sucks the first day, but at least the second day, your internal clock is already hitting on the right track. And that's to just stay up as late as you can the previous night and then sleep on the plane. So we'll see how it goes. So yeah, moving moving is kind of a pain. and uh, I had to downsize on some of my furniture. So I took the Facebook marketplace. I had some good things from friends and uh, it, it turned out all right. So I listed you know, some furniture at very, a very reasonable low price for the condition, and because of that, had a lot of interest. Uh, well, I got flooded with a bunch of responses for wanting to come see or buy the furniture, and people were offering to pay the full price, and so I just went by kind of a logical approach of whoever approached me first with the highest price, you get it. And then this one lady sent me a message. And asking her what's my lowest price, and I thought I can't go any lower because I already got offers. And I said, if you really want it, you can you can pay more for it. But since someone else came first and offered to pay this price, they're going to get it. And she went off on this whole long speech about me being totally unfair. That it was just unreasonable of me because you know, it was a long message i gotta open up here but it's it's too long to read because it's some of it's kind of boring but she's like you oh, know i'm a i'm a hard-working person and you know you told me you have it available but now you're saying you want to have this bidding war i'm not going to waste my time to do all this arrangements to come move furniture if you are gonna you know play people like this and i thought wow you know this is kind of crazy I'm not having a bidding war. At least I, that's not my intent to do that. It's just there's other people that are going to buy it. If you want to pay, if you want it, you got to pay a little bit more or you should have messaged me earlier. 
Then on the flip side, a different lady sent me a message, and this was on the 4th of July, where I'm not on my phone that whole day because, you know, spending time with family, doing outdoor stuff. And I got a message, hey, is this item available? And I think I replied yes, and then the person was asking some more questions. And within like a 10-minute period, I got a couple of more responses from this lady. And then I, I didn't reply because I was, I was busy. And then I got another response, same day, just a couple hours later, saying, I'm getting so irritated that you're not responding sooner. I need this furniture, and I'm trying to get a hold of you. My family member's trying to get a hold of you. And she rated, uh, gave me feedback on Facebook that was pretty poor, like rated me really bad. So on my on my ratings, I got one one bad one, and this is this lady. And I thought, this is ridiculous. One, it's the 4th of July. It's only been a few hours. I didn't end up responding because I'm like, there's no, there's no point. I don't want to deal with a person that's unstable. Uh, but I guess that's the risk you take if you're dealing with the general public. Well, uh, first of all, I just want to say that the obviously both of these people were insane. Um, and the the first woman, the fact that she th- thought it was unfair for you to say. Hey, the first person to come here and give me at least what I asked for just gets the piece of furniture. How how do you find that unfair? That is literally the most fair thing you could possibly do is just first come, first serve. I I, I don't know. This just, I cannot understand where the hell this woman is coming from. I think the reason why she thinks it was unfair was because it did not specifically benefit her and in her head that you know it's not fair if basically she's at any kind of a disadvantage i i don't know that i i just find that perplexingly stupid and i i wouldn't even i I know you said oh i'm not trying to start a bidding war or whatever you're in the right to start a bidding war if you so choose you're the one selling the thing like they they are under no obligation to quote unquote bid on the thing or buy it. So what do they care if you are starting a bidding war? Right? I mean that's yeah. uh, to to be honest, I mean auctions are the optimal way to sell an awful lot of things because you just kind of organically determine the market value of the thing based on demand right i mean this is one of the really cool things like about ebay because i've i've spent some time selling things on ebay and kind of flipping things for money and and that kind of stuff and it's just really interesting to me to see like how the ebay market so efficiently determines like a a price range for different things just based on the number of people who are willing to submit a bid at at a given price. So I think auctions are super fair. They figure out like the true price of something so that it's not overpriced. And I think you learned 
a lesson in having your furniture underpriced, which is that you get inundated with a whole bunch of demand and you also attract pain in the ass people. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's usually the lesson is when you have something underpriced below market value, it creates all of these, you know, additional problems. And this is, this is something that happens with tickets to any kind of event, especially, uh, concerts and, and things like that. The artists price their tickets at what they think is a reasonable cost because they want their fans to be able to afford to come to the event, to the concert, but they're priced so low that they're below market value. And then scalpers buy up the tickets and then resell them at what the real market value is for the tickets. And the fans of the band have to pay the market value anyways. And the only difference is the artist isn't getting all of that money. There's some additional person in the middle who's getting a whole bunch of money for doing basically nothing other than, you know, making the the price of the ticket match the market value. So this is this is something that drives me nuts when I when I read about problems caused by having things underpriced. Like it's 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 well intentioned, but it's just you're fighting against behavioral economics and just the way the way that the world works and it always causes more problems. Yeah, if people are crazy. Something else I I, I thought about with the with the lady who uh who was upset that uh I was having like this bidding war as I wonder if this was her way of negotiating or having some sort of like yeah, trying to negotiate a price or trying to get it or make make me feel bad and let and let her buy it because it was priced really low one because uh, I was getting close to my moving deadline and I couldn't take the stuff with me so it was kind of like an hour never sort of situation which is why I priced it low because I wanted to get it out there's a, there's a few other other items that I've sold even after that that have gone much smoother. One, because I wasn't pressed for time to sell them. And if I got the hint of someone being a fool and just offering a ridiculous amount for for an item, uh, I would just either say no, not interested, or kind of put an end to that. Yeah, and the second woman that you talked about who sent you like three messages within a half hour or something just totally outrageous. This is one of the reasons why I am not sold on any kind of like a peer review type system because I am acutely aware of how many people are assholes and I don't want those people giving me any kind of a rating that determines like affects my ability to sell something or anything like that. I don't know. I It's a trade-off, I guess. Like part of the advantage I'm sure of selling on Facebook instead of Craigslist is the fact that it's not completely anonymous and supposedly there should be a little bit more 
trust in the situation. But at the same time, from like a selling perspective, I I don't know. I, I don't like the fact that somebody can give me a bad review when you didn't even transact with them. That's kind of crazy to me. I mean, how, how is she even able to leave you a bad review when you guys didn't even like have any kind of a deal between the two of you. It, you, I don't even know. I mean, how many messages did you even send her? Like maybe one. <laughs> Actually, I, I look back at it now. Uh, I replied once and she sent one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight messages. That's lunacy. I yeah. mean, I, and I, I'm not sure how, cause I, I haven't been able to figure out giving feedback to someone other than a seller. So mm. I don't know how, how she was able to do that. Or at least I haven't figured it out yet. Cause maybe I should do that back to her. Yeah. That'd be surprising if it wasn't a two way thing because those types of systems are usually two ways. Well, I think I did. Yeah. I, th- I think I did. But you you know you know this is the kind of woman who texts her boyfriend or husband and when they don't text her back within five minutes she then proceeds to just go on an all-out blitz and send them twenty messages in a row and go off on them. I mean that this has I think that this is just her personality type. That's probably the type of person yeah, that you were dealing yeah. with. People people get get very passionate and crazy about. I'm I'm saying the word passion, but you know what I mean. People yeah, are just crazy. I, yeah, like, I was going to be a little critical of your use of passion there, to be honest, because yeah. it's not passion. That's just a legitimately crazy person. Yeah. Well, she's passionate about buying furniture, and when she couldn't buy it, she got very upset. Well, like I said, uh, she's also passionate <laughs> about her boyfriend and husband immediately responding to her messages, I'm sure. Well, I, would, I would put money on that. I think well, this, is, looking- this is just that type of person. I'm looking at the uh, the picture here in her. I don't see any man uh, in the picture because you can see the. Yeah, that's because he had enough. He, he had enough of her shit. Is is why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's the case. Uh, maybe. Uh, yeah. Who, who knows? Oof. Yeah. Every every once in a while, there's some talk of basically like a Yelp for people type service. There was one of them in particular. I don't remember the name of what it was. Um, And also, I just don't even want to give it any publicity anyways. But there were some people trying to start a service like that. That was basically a Yelp for people where you could rate other people on this platform, like give them reviews based on your interactions with them. And it's never come to fruition because... It was just, there was so much blowback. It was kind of a almost universally hated idea. And for good reason, because so many people that you deal with on a daily basis would give you a bad quote-unquote review based on your interactions with them. But their opinion is just trash, to be honest, you know? So it's like, why would you want just random strangers giving you a rating that then other people are going to see and make judgments on you? Yeah. I never heard about this Yelp. 
this Yelp thing, which is that's crazy. Uh, I even thought the first time, like the the peer evaluations or like peer reviews became a thing. I thought even that was a little bit like strange because there's there's some people that will. Like just give a bad review or say negative things about something just because they think it's funny. Or it, it, people just do that. Like you said, there's a lot of crazy people who get like they get off from just saying bad things to other people. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, with enough, with a large enough sample size, it kind of works out okay because the people who are just totally nuts, their reviews end up being very small number relative to most people and so it's mm-hmm. okay because i mean even when you look up products or apps that are like super highly regarded you know have rave reviews not nothing has perfect five stars reviews once you get enough of a sample size enough people review it there's yeah. always some few percent of people who will give something one star for just for whatever reason and because like it downloaded slow on their phone oh one star this app sucks with it, yeah it's so some of them are some of them are very off the wall not related to the quality of the app itself it's like the like looking at comments or likes and dislikes on like a youtube video yeah i mean my favorite is like on amazon when you oh look at the the ratings for something and then you look at the you look at the one star ratings and a lot of the one star ratings don't even have anything to do with the product itself it's like oh the package went missing or just just stupid stupid stuff like that like with the they didn't like the fact that the delivery person uh left it out in the open the things that have nothing to do with the thing and I don't know if that's people not understanding the way that reviews work and the fact that you're reviewing the product and not like the delivery service or Amazon as a company. I I don't know. But either way, you just there are always some percentage of reviews that are just total garbage and Yeah. My favorite ones are the the uh, the troll, the like the the Amazon trolls. Yeah. Those are hilarious where I mean the, the the review is based on something that the item is totally not intended for, but I I think those are hilarious. Yeah, I mean the the problem with the the garbage reviews is basically if you get unlucky and you get a garbage review or a couple of them early on when the sample size is still small, then that really deters people from buying the thing. Yeah. So your initial small sample of reviews can really have a big impact on the outcome of the thing. Because people look at those first few reviews, and if you have five reviews and two of them are really bad, how many people are going to be willing to take a chance on, on, on the thing, right? And it could just be that you got unlucky and a couple of those first reviewers were just shitty people. So, I don't know. What I would like to see is companies implement 
a system where it doesn't really show reviews until you hit a certain number of them to try and guard against that. I know there are some that already do that. Like I think the Apple app store does that. Like it doesn't show you a star rating until you get at least so many reviews. But, uh, I think a lot of services don't, don't do that. Like if you get one review and it's a one star review, yeah, they show that and you can see it. And if you just got unlucky and that one person was like a really difficult customer or something, everyone who sees your listing is going to see you got, you have a one star thing, which is really unfair. So. Yeah, so something else to consider, at least the, I, what I think about when I look at reviews online is it's just human nature. Generally, if something's good, people are not going to rave about it or put a review in. That's, at least that, that, that's been my experience. But if something's bad or even like mildly, mildly inconvenient or like uh, slightly negative, people lose their minds and will go over the top. Uh, and like with with bad reviews, and I think that's just the the way humans are. Where when things are good, you don't really go out of the way to really appreciate it. And I guess with a product, put in a good review, unless it was amazing, over the top. There's very few people. Like I've 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 bought some products which I really loved, and ne- I've never put in a review at all. And I've been tempted to put in negative reviews about products. But I haven't, just because it, to me it takes up too much time and I don't want to do that. Um, but generally, people will be more likely to put in a bad review than a good review. Oh, definitely. For, yeah. yeah, for anything. Yeah, I, I usually don't write reviews. Occasionally I do. Uh, the, the one exception to this, I guess, would be films. Because... I have like a Flickster account, I think is the name of the company. I don't know. It's kind of, the naming is kind of weird. There's like cross brand stuff with Rotten Tomatoes and all that. But so I I think what I'm technically leaving reviews on is, is Flickster. But yeah, so movies, I almost always leave a star rating. And to be honest, the majority of that is for my own record. (laughs) just because I like to keep track of, of films that I watch and a rating for how much I enjoyed them. So that's not even necessarily something that I'm broadcasting, that I'm contributing like for the community's sake. It's really more for myself, but the consequence is that I am contributing a review to a, you know, aggregate kind of community review system. So that's that's the one exception to this thing, I guess, for me. So one one parting note uh, for this topic is I would say anyone who was intrigued by this idea of a Yelp for people and kind of rating other individuals based on your day-to-day interactions with them, I highly recommend a episode of Black Mirror. I believe it's called Nosedive. It's the first episode of one of the more recent seasons. Um, I, like I said, I think it was called Nosedive. I cannot be bothered to look it up right now <laughs> to confirm that. So I'm just, I'm just going off of memory here. I, I highly recommend Black Mirror in general, the series. Um, but specifically that episode has to do with this, this topic and is one of my favorite Black Mirror episodes. So 
I'll just uh, give them a shout out. The whole the whole series is available on Netflix streaming, so I'll have to check it out. I haven't seen check it. Check it out. I'll also have to I'll find a way to give you some feedback. Maybe I'll I'll leave you a Yelp. Oh yeah, you. maybe maybe is <laughs> see I was just gonna go on to the next thing. Like what an amateur. I, I, I wasn't even gonna say make sure make sure you leave us a review on iTunes or Google. <laughs> that would be the obvious thing to do here. Please, please leave a five-star, positive, helpful review <laughs> about the podcast. If you don't like the podcast, just stop listening to it and don't leave a bad review. Thank you. So recently I went to go get a haircut. Um, and there's still a place I've never been to before. Wait, so you so you so you went to go get your haircut? You didn't just do it yourself? No. One because my stuff hadn't arrived yet. Oh. And I was living at a hotel for about a week and my hair's getting kinda of scruffy and normally I wouldn't care at all. Uh, but my, my job I feel like my job requires me to look somewhat decent on a day to day basis. Uh so I thought I'd I'd do the right thing and Go get a haircut. So I just looked up the closest place to me and I went over there and I, I haven't been to a place like a barbershop or anything for a long time. And so when I get there, there's already like five guys waiting. I, I, I really feel like I'm Patrick Starr because I hardly do things that most normal people do. Like I, I wasn't aware that you could make the appointment online and then... Uh, Already get yourself in the queue. Uh, so when I get there, they had a big like screen that showed the number of people in line. So there was like ten people, but there was only five people there waiting, and most of them had made the appointment online and then came in like twenty minutes or thirty minutes later, so that they wouldn't have to wait in the store. They could just come in more convenient. So already I'm like, oh well, crap. Uh, so I'm gonna be here for a while, uh, which wasn't too bad because there were a few no shows, so I got bumped up and. They have a system of if you're if you're there in the store and even though the person before you made the appointment online, if they're not there, you get served first. But anyway, I go up to the chair where the guys you know, kind of waiting for me, and when I get up there, there's just hair all over the chair. Like everyone else's hair that he had cut that day, just on the chair. Really, and I. I thought that was very strange because I looked at him and I'm like, what the hell is this? You're not going to clean off the chair? And then I started thinking, what are the other people doing where they're just going to just sit in someone else's hair because it was like blonde hair, black hair, brown hair, just a mix of different colors, sizes, lengths, curliness. And so I looked at him like, no, we're gonna, you're going to have to clean this up before I sit down because <laughs> I, I was dressed in my work clothes and I don't want to get hair on me. And so he looks at me kind of funny and goes, oh, you know, sorry. So he takes his hair dry and just blows hair into the atmosphere. And there's just, it's just, just hair gets everywhere on my, on my clothes. I'm like, oh, what, what, you know, just F it at this point. I've got hair on me. I'm, I'm going to have to somehow get, get it out of these clothes. But he, the face he made made it seem like I was being unreasonable for wanting the chair clean out of hair. And then I looked over at the other, there were two people cutting hair 
this guy who I went to because he was available, and then another lady. And I noticed the lady had like a tiny, like handheld vacuum cleaner, and would vacuum up the hair, sweep it away. And then I look at the guy's station. There's hair everywhere. It's like piles of it on the floor. He didn't have a broom. It, it was just a mess. And at that point, I had been waiting there for over an hour, and, and I was really up to this guy. But let me just get a cut, and I can get out of here. I've already got hair on me because he blew it all up in the air. Uh, so you know, it just it just was this was weird. And so he's asking me some questions, and I always think it's you know it's awkward talking to someone who's cutting your hair. Uh, but he asked me if I had ever been there before, and I said no. And he's like, well. Since your first time, you get the VIP experience, <laughs> and I thought, "Wow, having hair everywhere that does doesn't seem very VIP." So, how, like, what's the next step here? Uh, it just included a massage and a like, like they'll wash your hair for you. So he takes me back to this like back room with all the lights off. I thought, "This is." I I, I want to. I don't need the VIP experience anymore. This is not okay. It just it just felt weird, and and this guy like the the lighting's very very dim, and then there's this kind of soothing music going on. Uh, it was just kind of a weird experience because I'm you know not used to it, but then having this guy wash my hair and like massage my neck and all, yeah, it was, it was just kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, it was just weird overall. And the the other funny part is this back room where the VIP experience goes. I mean, it's it's pretty much dark. You can't even see anything there besides this chair, and uh, you're basically staring at the ceiling the whole time because you're like leaning back. Uh, but in the main area, it's designed or catered to men, so there's like metal everywhere, and it's painted red, and there's TVs at sports, so it's Basically, like, yeah, you know, I'm in love sport. Yeah, I'm a man, but I also want to look good. So I come to this place because going somewhere comfortable and nice is not manly. Yeah. Do they have beer? No beer. No. Well, that's no a, but there was just, a red there was flag. Just sports. Yeah. Well, after that experience, I certainly could have used one. <laughs> I did not leave a review. But my overall opinion was rather negative. Well, it sounds like your review was really more a review of that individual uh, stylist. Yeah. Sty- stylist? Although, yeah, it, yeah what's, I, I guess. What's, what's the correct uh, noun for the... Hey, uh, Barber? Bar- oh, there, yep, I guess. Yeah. But if you had gotten your hair cut with one of the women, you wouldn't call them a barber, right? Is it a hairdresser? Hairdresser. Is that... I, is I, it, I don't is know. Is that right? That still feels hair like are they are they are they dressing your hair? He put some stuff in there. I don't know what it was though. I don't know what the correct terminology is here. I'm a little ignorant to this. Yeah. But in any event, it sounded like your problems were really caused by someone who wasn't very good at their job. More so than yeah. even the place. Well he he cut his he cut the hair pretty well. Uh, I think he did a great job there. It was just Sitting in here, that if if I wasn't wearing nice clothes, and if it 
just because of someone else's hair, I don't know if these other people have like lice or whatever else is going on. Although it didn't look like anything, it was just hair, and it, it's weird to have someone else's hair on you. No, that that that's crazy. You you yeah. You shouldn't have to sit in a pile of other people's hair. But the I can't believe is, that guy didn't blow the chair off in between people. That's nuts. But what, what, yeah, while I was waiting, there were at least four people that went through this this guy on, on his own before it was my turn, and I didn't notice. But none of them did anything. Like he didn't. His chair was right up front, and the lady was the the other person cutting hair, which was a lady, was in the the next station over, which was further away. And I did not see him or notice him do anything to any attempt to clean it up after each person went through. So I don't know if this is just normal for other people. It's okay. At least the the one thing I wanted to share with the story is what your opinion of sitting in in hair was, because I thought that was this crazy. No, that that's insane. That's yeah. that is a <laughs> that is a one star customer experience sitting in a pile of other people's hair. This guy is just a slob. From, you know, what I'm hearing, like yeah. you probably then, go, well, you probably go to his house or his apartment, and there's just like piles of dirty clothes sitting on his floor. <laughs> this is what I'm imagining. That's the kind of person who would just leave a pile of hair on the chair for customers to sit in. Who like who the hell does that? Yeah. Not only that, when I got up, I was dusting myself off, so I bent over and I was like, wipe, like rubbing it, like trying to get all the hair off my, off my legs, and underneath the table. Uh, there was some money, and I looked at him. I was like, you, you know, you have your you have money down there, either from tips or whatever. And he's like, oh, you know, he like didn't see it. And I don't know how long that that money had been down there, but it looked relatively new because it was it was on top of here. <laughs> oh my god! And then and after that, I'm like, okay, okay, it's time to go. Yeah. I get annoyed when people don't get the hair dryer and try to blow hair off of like my neck and everything at the end of a haircut. And that's my oh. own hair on my own body. And I still get a little bit like, are you seriously not going to try and like blow any of this hair off me? Yeah, I think he used his hand to try and like wipe it away. I didn't get the hair dryer experience. But yeah, so it was it was kind of funny that you just had this experience because I I originally had wanted to talk about this because I I also recently got a haircut and this was the first time that I've been to get a haircut in person in a while. Um, first of all, I don't know it's just kind of funny in general that you just got your haircut from a guy who was kind of a slob because I cannot actually remember. I take that back. I can I can remember one time where I got my hair cut by a guy. But for the most part, I have, I, I would say at least 90% of the time, probably much more than that, I've gotten my hair cut from women and not other guys, actually. When I was a kid, and my dad would take me to a barber all the time, so that was always a guy. But since I've gotten old enough to where I've gone on my own to places, I've almost exclusively gotten my hair cut from women. For what that's worth. That by, by choice or by just by luck, Charles? I think I would rather have my hair cut from a woman, to be honest. Because here's my, so here's my thought process on this. Is, first of all, my like from my perspective, I'm getting a haircut for women, not for men. 
Yeah. Like, as in four four women, as in to display two women, to make myself look more appealing to the two, to two ladies. And when I've been dating someone in particular, it's been that, you know, woman that I've been dating who I've been trying to make myself, you know, look a little bit uh, better for, right? So it's kind of like their opinion is more valuable when it comes to what the haircut looks like. So I feel like I want kind Agreed. of a woman's touch, I guess, so to speak, yeah. a perspective on on the hair. But then the other reason, I guess, is like some of the other things tangential to the haircut. So for a while, like when I, this is when I was living in the north side of Atlanta, up in the suburbs, I lived by this one place that I would go on a regular basis. And every time I would go... They would give me like a little bit of a massage, kind of like what you were talking about. I guess every time I went, I was a VIP because I always got a little bit of a massage. And there's you know, I, a lot of times I would get like a shampoo. And the shampoo would be, you know, kind of a shampoo slash scalp massage. And to be perfectly honest, I don't want massages from dudes. If I if I'm going to get a massage, I would prefer it to be from from a woman. And that's that's just the way that it is. That's just the way that I feel. And the I something about when you've when you've gotten haircuts, have you gotten like shampoos ever as part of the haircut? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the last time I went to a haircut was to get a haircut. It was more like a salon instead of like a barber shop, right? And I, I mean, I mean that because it was, I think all all the people who worked there were ladies, and it was made like the place was for women to go and get like their hair colored or cut or whatever. And I had a coupon and was told, hey, you know, you should come in, and so I I, I went over there and it was it was a much better experience. The the, the massage. Shampooing part went. It was just much more pleasant. So I am gonna be. This is. I mean, this is how you get listens to your podcast, right? Is you you really you know make yourself vulnerable and and open up here. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I want to make myself a little bit vulnerable here and, and share something share something personal. So I I don't know if you had this experience, but every time I I go and I get a like shampoo slash scalp massage type deal. I find that to be like a ridiculously sensual experience. <laughs> and I don't know why that is, but well, it's, it's very relaxing. I agree. It's certainly relaxing, but more so than relaxing. It's like a, it feels like a sensual, like, romantic type of thing like it feels like the type of activity you would do to someone you're romantically involved with i don't know what it is about that i guess the i mean massages are, are that way in general i suppose like yeah you get massages from strangers if you go to like a spa or or whatever but a lot of times people will give their partner 
a massage because it is kind of this sensual thing. You're like using your hands to, you know, need them and, and do all this stuff. And I guess a shampoo is like a version of that on your head. And it's very enjoyable because it's like, I don't know. It's also just, it feels good to get your head scratched, I guess, in like a very, oh, yes, it does. A very primal oh, yeah. way. So something about yeah. it is just very enjoyable to me. And this is one of those things where like, I find myself, so I'm sitting there and I have to really make an effort to not just sit there with like a big stupid smile on my face while the the woman is like washing my hair and like giving me this scalp massage and scratching my head and everything. Cause I, I feel like that'd be super weird for me to sit there with this big smile on my face while they're doing that. And they'd think like, yeah. this guy is weird, you know, or well, if you let out like a little moan. <laughs> yeah, I definitely have not done that. I, I'm capable of not doing that, but it, it requires a bit of effort to not, I have to like force back, like try to keep a neutral face and just relax and not get a little too into the shampoo. So I don't no, know I'm, if you have had any kind of, uh, <laughs> that, that, I don't know if you feel 60% of that or 80% of it or 20% of that, but that's just something that I've always felt weird about with getting my hair cut is it's a very enjoyable thing, but I feel like. I enjoy it more than I sh- like a weird amount to where I feel a little bit uh, self-conscious about even sitting there having it done. I I agree with you. the the head like the the head scratching or like just playing hair and the shampoo. That's the best part of going to get a haircut. And I think I think I I agree with you that it is very sensual. Uh, I think. I think it's 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 pretty well known that because people like it, that's why they do it. So uh, I I don't think that's uh, I don't think that's weird or anything. Uh, if you if someone were making like weird like if you're sitting there with a doofy smile on your face and you keep going for shampoo after shampoo, uh, then okay that'd be a little bit. Then I think something something's up there, but. Uh, when you first started describing this, the the thing that came to my mind is a scene from the movie Ghost, where like they're doing the the they're making pottery and like <laughs> when, like that. When you say sensual, that that's what comes to my mind, and I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily describe this as like very like sensual romantic because one okay you don't know the in most cases you don't know the 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 person doing it to. You. And this this maybe and this is this is probably why I felt weird when I went for mine because it was just like in this weird dark room. This guy's not very like gentle. Like I think he, he didn't have the woman's touch, right? <laughs> Literally. And I think yes, and I think that makes a big difference in whether or not it's enjoyable. I just looked up the definition of sensual. All right, to be on point here, mm. and it says so. I see three different definitions from the American Heritage Dictionary, 4th edition. (laughs) So, number one, relating to or affecting any of the senses or a sense organ, semicolon, sensory, 
So that's pretty on the nose. Yes. But the other two definitions are what I'm we're talking to, which is of relating to, given to, or providing gratification of the physical and especially the sexual appetites. And then the the third one is just suggesting sexuality, semicolon, voluptuous. <laughs> oh. So providing gratification of the physical and especially the sexual appetites. I don't know. I, I feel like sensual was the right word. I think just what you're talking about with ghosts, that's definitely sensual, but that's just like very sensual. Yeah, that's 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 over the top. Yeah, that's, that's, that's uh, over. Well, yeah, extra. that is over the top. Yeah, it's extra. Yeah, and I feel like, I don't know, I'm basically just trying to make myself not sound like a perfier, just to, to clarify. Yeah. But <clears throat> but again, it's like, okay, so has your girl, like when you've been dating someone, have you had a girlfriend who like plays with your hair? Oh, yeah. 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 That, that's, I'm a, I'm that's a, a definite huge thing. fan. Yeah. Like, I, I, I've definitely had girlfriends who would like... To play with my hair so it's to me it's like everything about that experience is like you know massage playing with hair whatever i feel like i'm not crazy i for thinking that getting your hair shampooed you know scalp massage type thing is like a very sensual like weirdly sensual experience even though it is a stranger and someone you don't know yeah so oh, for me the 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 hair the hair playing and my kids scratching that's like the number one joy yeah that that, that that's my number one thing <laughs> yeah <laughs> specifically about getting your hair cut or just in general uh no not not really to the haircut but i mean with with, with dating oh the playing okay. with hair yeah the playing all right is, good is, to is know pretty up there yeah there you, there you go ladies pro tip <laughs> That's how, that's how you show creative affection. Give him, play with his hair, give him a head scratch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, good stuff. <laughs> well, thanks for burying part of your soul. That, that was, uh, well, that, that was nice. So, we have a audience submission. We've actually had this for a while, and I have <laughs> not... We haven't had a chance to record an episode to use it, but this is, yeah, this is this is a story from one of our VIPs, a, oh boy. a or or VIL, very important listener. Um, so I have not actually read this. I I just know like a high level, somewhat what it was about, but I decided to leave reading it in detail for the episode so that I could experience it live with you and we could try to break it down together. Okay. All right. So I am, I am now quoting the, the listener. We were camping at a state park and our nearest neighbors, neighbors in quotes, had a big dog. They would keep it leashed up during the day when they were hanging out around the campsite. From what I gather, the dog slept in the tent with them, and in the morning, they would just open the tent and let the dog run free. The campsites were set up so that you put your tent on a gravel area, but we had also hung our hammocks from some trees close to the gravel area, like literally a few steps away. 
but in the wooded part. The first morning he ran over and tried to shit by our hammocks, but we caught him and sprayed him with the hose, and he ran off. I thought he wouldn't be back, but lo and behold, he was back the next morning, and again he got sprayed with the hose. This went on for four mornings. I thought that surely they must be wondering. <laughs> I thought for surely they must be wondering why their dog is coming back soaking wet. <laughs> I I also thought about going over there and telling them that their dog keeps trying <laughs> keeps trying to shit by by our hammocks. <laughs> but how do you even start that conversation? <laughs> uh, okay. Good, good, good. <laughs> oh God. Okay, so there's a couple of things going on there. <laughs> that's a pretty good story. And not, not, good. Not, not what I was expecting, but that's good. Yeah, um, there was there was elements to that that I wasn't expecting. <laughs> yeah. So to be clear, the dog never, in fact, took a shit. It attempted to, but was hosed and ran away. That's my that's my reading. Yeah, that's that's the okay. way that I'm understanding it. So they were camped, camped uh, in an adjacent area. Yeah, and they had their hammocks up, and the dog went to go take a dump by where their hammocks were. And to get the dog to go away, they sprayed it with a hose that they had. And then just every day, the dog would come back, try to poop there, and then they would spray it, and. So the questions were, how does someone not wonder why their dog is coming back soaking wet every morning? And, <laughs> and how do you, uh, I guess, approach people about their dog wanting to poop by your area? So a couple of things that I'm, I'm, I'm impressed with is the readiness that the, the hose was used. It's like there was almost like yeah. it's, it's, it's charged and ready to go. Because there's only, you only have a few moments before you realize what a dog's really doing when they... You oh yeah. Assume that position. So to get to to get the hose out and hit hit your target that's moving, and if it's a big dog, you're kind of taking a risk that the dog's not going to do anything to you. Uh, so a lot of I, I I see that the there's some there's some skill and bravery behind <laughs> behind what's going on here. Okay, so uh, I guess first of all, let me just say that. So some people might feel like, I guess, is it appropriate to spray the dog with a hose rather than just try to shoo them away? So do you feel like it is a appropriate course of action to, if you see a dog about to poop in your area? And let, let's just say, I, I agree, it's surprising that they were able to get the hose fast enough, at least the first time. Because after it happens the first time, I could see them subsequently being prepared and, you know, having the hose armed and ready. But, so let's just set that aside and just, you know, okay, I guess they have quick enough reaction time and the hose was yeah. right there and they were able to do it. Is that an appropriate thing to do to shoo away a dog is to sp spray them with water? Yeah. Do you feel like that's fair? So there's, uh, like in my mind, it's not, any, it's not like they're just... Like a fire hose with you know a large amount of water, right. high pressure. It's just like a garden hose, probably. I'm sure. Yeah, and as long as it's not like directly in the dog's face for <coughs> a long, long time, like you're not, you're not. It's not meant to be in a like a torturous manner. 
dogs get wet. They it it is what it is. Uh, I I don't think there's anything bad of that. I don't know. So some people may get offended, but uh, I, even kids, if you spray a little kid with a hose on a hot summer's days, that's that's a lot of fun for the kid. Right. Uh, I'm not saying the dog's having a great time, but you know you're not intentionally hurting the dog. Uh, I I will say that you know, growing up, I had we had, we had dogs and. I remember at sometimes they would get into a fight and to try and break it up uh an effective manner would be to like dump some water on them and then it kind of stalls them and then they kind of run away from each other or get them apart uh and that you have to be pretty quick acting cuz sometimes a fight will go on for like a minute if that that that'd be pretty long where they're like barking and trying to bite each other and the one time I like just went in to try and separate. Uh, I I ended up getting bitten. Not not anything bad to like draw blood, but to avoid getting bitten, dump the water and so I, I the whole thing to me is like, okay. You did the, the dog will stop what it's doing. I think that's weird. Is if if the dog is coming to poop so close to people or there the other the other the neighboring campsite. That's a little strange. Like I don't, I don't, I don't know. If that's typical dog behavior to come. Usually they pick an area further away, or yeah, I don't know. Okay, so here, so first, I maybe I have I have a hypothesis for this, but but I'll go back to the previous host thing and just say that. Well, obviously, in the instance of a fight, it seems totally appropriate to break it up with a hose. I think this is also fair because, like you were saying, you know, it's a. It is a stranger's dog, so you don't totally know how the dog behaves, and it's also kind of a big dog. So I don't think you would want to go over and try to shoo it by hand, right? Yeah. Because that, to yep. me, is more sketchy, so it feels more appropriate to try and do it from a distance. And how do you actually do it from a distance? You use something like a hose. Yeah. Now, granted, because you would you would think that if these people are just letting the dog wander around a camp that it's probably very people friendly or or whatever but just to be safe i don't know yeah, that you want to go know. right up to the dog and try to like push it away or you know or like from a distance throw rocks or something and yeah, that, oh, of course good. right so <laughs> <laughs> yeah if they had thrown rocks that'd be a very different <laughs> this would be a very different story um but yes yeah, so the hose feels okay based on what they're saying and that they just squirted it enough to get it to shoe, you know, go away. And again, you know, it's, you're camping. So the dogs probably, I I don't know. It was summer. They were at a campsite. For all I know, the dog was like going swimming during the day anyways and getting wet and just wasn't that big of a deal. So, but, but I could just, I could see contexts where the people who own the dog would be upset with someone squirting the dog with a hose to get it to go away. Yeah. Like I'm thinking, so I guess this is, this is a different situation, but so imagining like living in the suburbs and like the neighbor's dog comes over and gets ready to pop a squat in your garden (laughs) and you're out there. And so you squirt it with the hose And I could see, you know, your neighbor sees you squirt their dog with the hose or it comes back wet and they're like, hey, what the hell? And even though from your perspective, it's like, well, I didn't want the dog to poop in my yard. What was I supposed to do? 
I can still see the the person who owns the dog getting pissed off about you squirting their dog with a hose. So that's that's an interesting thing in and of itself is the squirting of the dog. I guess the context could yeah. be important there, but it seems okay in this instance. But I guess the question of why does this dog insist on pooping by people? I I have heard, you know, this this, this might be some bullshit here, but. I've heard things about how, you know, like dogs like to poop with people kind of like keeping an eye on them or like watching their back to make sure that they're safe. Because when you're, when you're going to the bathroom, that's like a moment of vulnerability for everybody, animals, people, whatever. And so supposedly I've always heard that dogs like want you to kind of like it's like you're keeping a lookout while they're going to the bathroom i don't know if that's true at all that could be total bs but maybe the dog feels safer going around other people that it feels safe by and because its owners were still in a tent and not around it felt like well these people seem friendly i'll go poop by them (laughs) i don't know you know, you bring up something that uh, that's interesting. I've I've never heard that before, and my dogs would kind of just go on their own. But for for this particular dog, maybe from the time it was a puppy, it had always like gone to the bathroom when there was someone around. Like if you're taking it out on a walk or whatnot. So when it's in the campground area, if it if the owners aren't there, it's in a new environment. It defaults to what's familiar, and maybe that's going when there's people around. So it just went to the next spot where there's people outside instead of in the tent. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're someone who lives like in a city or even just yeah. you know, in an apartment complex, one hundred basically one hundred percent of the shits your dog takes will be like on a leash, a few yeah. feet away from a person, right? So maybe that that has something to do with it. I don't know. But but so the, the the final piece of this though was the question of they don't want to spray the dog with the hose right they just don't want the dog to come over and poop by them so what do you do how do you go talk to these people and try to ask them to have their dog not do that how, well, how that's is that something that awkward, you even bring up yeah that's that's an awkward conversation because one you start off how do you even start that off. I wouldn't be able to do it without laughing. Like, yeah. hey, your dog, your dog came by to take a dump, and uh, yeah, we've been spraying him with a hose for the last four days. <laughs> <laughs> and then the owner will either say, "Oh, that's why the dog's coming back soaking wet," and be upset, or like I feel like people would, it, it would tend to lean more towards getting upset. So, yeah. if I'm always inclined to like, well, why do you have? Why do you have to say anything at all if? You just keep doing the hose thing every day, and if the owner is not really, because they they may think the dog's just like running off to some stream to get a drink of water and then just getting in the water itself, right? Uh, but then, when I put myself in the shoes of the dog owner, if my dog was doing something and other people are spraying it, I kind of want to know because it it does feel like you know I don't I'd rather do something. To not put my dog in that situation, like you know, in the morning, put it on a leash and take it out and let it do its business, or be with it. 
but then from the the people who are spraying, that that's that's an awkward conversation to have. Yeah, I'm of a similar opinion on this. So, I think <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm not saying don't have the conversation, but just be prepared to have people get angry with you if you're going to tell them, "Hey, you've been spraying their dog." Uh, yeah, what I think is, all right. So, if you're going to say something, say it as early as possible, right? But I could see them, I guess the complication with that is they didn't expect the dog to come back the second day. Yeah, and, and it's happening so quick. It, it, it sounds like the dog just shows up and then they react to it. It's not like they're planned way in there with the hose. At least that doesn't, I, I don't envision that because that'd be kind of hard to believe. Someone standing there waiting with the hose for anyone, anyone and anything to come by, you're getting, you're getting hosed. So... That, that that's kind of the strange thing is like it wouldn't have made sense to go out go over there the first time it happened and say like hey your dog tried to poop over here because they'd be like well geez sorry but i'm sure he won't do it again yeah you know it, it's it's weird to do to bring it up after it happens once because it's just a dog yeah. and you're camping and whatever so i feel like they got caught off guard by the fact that it just kept happening several days in a row and I don't know. I feel like if you're gonna bring it up after a few days, well, I guess first of all, how long, how long are you staying there? Because, you know, if you're four days into a five day trip, I don't even think it's worth risking a confrontation and just say, just assume that you're gonna spray the dog again on the fifth day, right? And just commit to that, and it's just like, all right, this is what we're doing. Yeah. Then you if can you were going to be there for a real long time next to these people, yeah, you'd probably want to bring it up sooner rather than later, so you don't have to keep doing it. But when I did bring it up, I don't know that I would mention the hose thing. <laughs> yeah. And the, the other part, the other part I think about this is because you don't know what the other people are going to do. Like they might lose their minds, and that's the thing. With, yeah, like dealing with random people is you always take the risk that they're not going to go crazy and then do something like over the top uh, that that could harm you because they they may view that you spraying that dog is 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 harmful. So part of me says, well, if yeah, if if, if you only have a, a day or two left, just keep doing that, and then you can get out of there. Only because you don't really know the risks of saying something to the other group that owns the dog. Yeah, I mean, the reality is it might only be, who knows, one out of every 10 people. Yeah. One out of every 20 people who's going to, like, really make a scene about it. But the thing is, you have to... The downside versus upside is just yeah. imbalanced to where it doesn't make sense to really bring that up. Right. And I know I'm making, yeah, yeah, and I'm, I make, we're making assumptions here because if you think about a typical camper, and if they bring their dog, someone who goes camping is generally uh, like accepting of being. Uh, I don't know how to explain it now. 
but you you you're not like you're not going to turn your nose up at having to go like cook food outside or sleep or sleep on the ground. So they they I I gotta make the assumption, and I think it's a reasonable one to say. I don't think the average camper would be upset about their dog getting wet because the dog's outside. There's streams or other things. It's going to get messy. Uh, and I think I think where someone would get upset if there was intentional harm done to the dog, which by spraying with the hose, I don't think that's really happening. So most likely, if the 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 one group does say something to the other group that has a dog. It's not going to be a big deal. They'll be like, okay, fine. Yeah, we'll, we'll make sure our dog doesn't come over there. But like you said, the risk of having something bad happen, I, like, you, you, can, you can talk yourself into not doing anything. Yeah, it's kind of the, the <laughs> it's, it's kind of a gamble. I don't know. I, I would say, uh, once again, this is like, what, what was the previous story? Where I, where I brought this up, it was the Lyft driver getting Wendy's type deal. Yeah. Where it's like, I'd rather that you just omit Not some details. I feel yeah. like, don't lie, just omit some details. You know, like, tell them that your dog has been, the dog has been wanting to come over and, and go number two in your area. And just ask if, you know, first thing in the morning, if one of them could just come out with the dog and make sure yeah. it poops in a appropriate area. And fail to mention that you've been <laughs> spraying the dog. And if they ask you, well, hey, by the way, since you've been up in the morning, you know, seeing this happen, do you know how our dog has been getting wet? That's when you maybe just pull the Larry David and just, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's strange. Yeah. So I think going back to the actual question that, that uh, the the audience member asked is how do you go about starting off that conversation uh what i would do if if i have to go and like in maybe confront uh the dog owner said hey you know get your dog to poop in a not next to our setup is if you're if you're going over there like bring something like some food or Something as like a like a, a, a bribe token, yeah, not not really a bribe, but just to say, hey, you know, we're we're trying to be friendly and nice. Help us with the, you know keeping your dog uh, from pooping near us, and here's a here's a little treat like some cookies or I don't know, you know, something like that that just shows that you're really not trying to be a jerk, but you also want to not have to spray someone else's dog. And maybe you do the combination of omitting the detail of the getting... Because if you don't say the dog's getting hosed and then the person who owns the dog makes sure it doesn't come over, it's not going to get wet anyway. So it's a win-win. Yeah, there's no comfortable way to do it. I would say yeah. just try to be as nice as possible. Yeah. It's going to be awkward for sure. Yeah, not, not... Yeah, just try and be really nice about it and not be pissy about like you know your dog has tried to shit over here four days in a row now you know what i mean just yeah come at it with like a almost like jokingly about like causing this kind of a silly you know situation but you know i mean just keep it light and at the first whiff of them getting kind of annoyed 
we're pushing back on it like well you we're camping you know it's outside the dog you know animals poop outside you know if they start to give you any kind of a hard time about it just immediately say all right you know forget about it and just move on i've got a different approach uh you can fight fire with fire so if you're up early enough and you need to go you just head over there and <laughs> go do, your over near there. There. <laughs> do your business near their campsite and then you know that'll yeah, that thought had already occurred to me. I didn't, I didn't bring this up, but I, I did think about. That's what the first thing is. Is like, all right, retaliate by pooping over there. Oh, and actually, I'm joking. Actually, be- I, I know this person has a couple of dogs, so they could have actually walked their dogs over there and tried to get them to poop over there. But yeah, yeah, I don't think. Obviously, that's fun to joke about, but I would not advocate for that uh, course of action. Yeah, that, that, that's no solution. I've heard of, I can't remember if I heard this from TV or some story where, like, in a, in a neighborhood, in the suburbs, like, a dog goes and poops in someone else's yard, and then the owner sees, you know, the dog kind of go back or back to its its home, so they'll pick up the poop and bring it over and leave it on the, the dog owner's property so that they don't have to clean it. Like, you could... There's all sorts of passive-aggressive ways to get around it, but you're not really solving anything. Uh, I think it's funny. Uh, it is. Know. It is funny. I think. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm pretty sympathetic towards the. I'm just going to relocate this poop over there. Because it is technically the dog's poop. It should be their problem. It does feel passive-aggressive, but. I guess if it's something. That you've already talked to the person about, yeah. and the dog continues to do it, then it feels not passive aggressive. It feels like, well, I already tried to address it. I haven't done anything. I don't want this poop in my yard. I'm going to put it in their yard where it should be, and then yeah. just you know. And I what, think it's, in, a, in a neighbor, yeah, in a neighborhood setting, that's totally. I, I think that's more acceptable. But in a campground, that may be okay. While you're out in the woods, there's, yeah. You're camping. Yeah, the fact that you're camping and not like in the suburbs or something like that with clearly delineated, I don't know, properties yeah, and, dynamic, and stuff uh, like that. It, yeah, it feels like that, that's part of the complication here. And part of the reason why I could see somebody giving you a hard time about like, well, we're camping, you know, who cares? So, yeah, I don't know. It's an awkward thing. Yeah, try to be as nice as possible and bring a little, little gift. You would, you, would, you would hope that the dog would just be smart enough to stop trying to poop over there and that the situation well, would solve itself. But Yeah, but maybe like you said, it's, it, it, it's gotten so used to pooping with someone that yeah. maybe that's why it, it did that, yeah. Maybe you could like, well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking about starting to brainstorm like maybe you could come up with a alternative story here of like oh the dog keeps trying to get into our tent oh like set aside the pooping thing right because you you know maybe you know how that's going to go over and that so maybe you say the dog in the mornings keeps trying to come into our tent because i feel like then the people would be much more responsive to that Right. 
or not, not, not necessarily, they're just more likely to be sympathetic towards that and be like, oh, you know, in the morning we'll make sure to like come up, like get out with the dog and watch it. And yeah, you know. because now you've, you've kind of taken some of the fault and put it on, on them. Yeah. Which is, it, it, it could solve the problem with minimal awkwardness, but then you're kind of, uh, it, so that, I mean, the disadvantage there is it is a little bit more dishonest, but. I think that yeah. falls in like the white lie category of like, yeah, it's it's a different version of the truth, you know, <laughs> which is more, more you know maybe acceptable to to people and less confrontational because it you know if one out of every peace. ten people give you a hard time about not wanting the dog to poop in your area, I feel like. Another order of magnitude, like one out of a hundred people are going to give you a hard time about the dog, like doing something like that, like trying to get into your tent or doing something, yeah, something like that. So I don't know. It was just, it's just an idea. I don't know. I think, I, I think that'll, that'll certainly take, take out some of the awkwardness. Maybe, I, maybe a whole combination of, of everything is, is what's needed. And, and bear in mind that I think that our goal here is to minimize the awkwardness and the, amount of confrontation so there's with, with our goal of that some combination of a little white lie maybe omitting some details and then being super nice about it well because also if you come up with the if you say the it's trying to get into our tent story and then they follow up with questions about why their dog is wet and have you been spraying <laughs> the dog because it's been trying to get into the tent I feel like Spraying the dog is even more understandable if it's trying to come into your tent. Yeah. It's like a defense type type thing. Yeah. So this is a big dog. I'm picturing this giant this giant dog. Like I I wouldn't want to like like physically try and block it or stop it from entering. Right. Or try and pick it up because But yeah, so I don't know, that was our that was our best attempt at uh providing our our feedback in a is it ask any is that what is it like those advice column type uh things yeah so yeah, that, that was fun that, i like that that was fun and uh yeah so if anybody else has any other awkward situations that they would like us to break down live on the pod waves and uh see what we think go ahead and submit something and go to the website perfectlyreasonable.fm and fill out the contact form and send us your story and if it's a good one we'll we'll read it in a show break it down hopefully in a reasonable time frame <laughs> hopefully in a more <laughs> reasonable time frame than we got to this one because I, I i started wondering if this person was waiting for our advice before actually going to confront or choose what to do with i would not advise dog. that <laughs> i, I <laughs> I I would not advise uh, seeking time-sensitive advice from us. That's probably not wise. But if it's like an yeah. ongoing issue or something that you think is going to come up again, or even if you're just wondering, did I do the right thing in this situation, and you're looking for you know, anonymous feedback so, uh, from other people, yeah. you, know, you, can, you, you can come to us. Because sometimes you handle a situation and you're like, boy, I don't know if that was the right thing to do. And you don't even want to bring it up to your friends because it's like, I don't know if it was the wrong thing to do. I don't want my friends to know that I did this thing. So we uh, we promise to keep 
keep your information anonymous yeah. and uh, with the utmost discretion. Leave a positive review. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh.